Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to the Snake River Live podcast. It's the 25th of February. What an uh, eventful week. And we're plunging right ahead. We will make this one a short one tonight. And so thank you so much for listening. Just a few comments. Um, Breaking today, uh, senior administration personnel have acknowledged that for the past several months, the United States uh, rather, President Biden has been trying to get the Chinese to get Putin to not invade Ukraine. So I get it. I mean, I'm not completely, well, I think it's a stupid idea. Okay. Let me just say that one because China has everything to gain by the United States appearing weak. And they also have their eyes on Taiwan and many other disputed territories in the South China Sea. And so nothing like a sometime comrade, sometime adversary nation gobbling up uh, another sovereign nation, which is going to give you cover for you to gobble up what you have contended all along is just a renegade province, that being Taiwan. But it gets worse. The United States also has intelligence that every time that the president or one of his people talk to China to try to get Putin to stop, China went and shared intelligence that we provided China with Putin. Now, you would think that after the first time this happened that you wouldn't do it anymore. And so in my view, at this point, you potentially just in the fact that you continued to try to get China to beg off Putin, all the while knowing that China has shared all the intelligence that you've given them with Russia. Let that sink in for just a moment. By the way, it's not the only news today. Of course, we know that Russian troops have uh, their multi-pronged assault on Ukraine has uh, ended up in the capital, that they are um, gunshots firing um, people, a nice video of a guy in a car being run over by a Russian tank. That's always pleasant. And the UN Security Council vetoed a resolution condemning Russia. Uh, the Russia condemned, or by the way, vetoed the UN Security Council resolution condemning Russia with China and India and a handful of other nations on the Security Council abstaining. And so the majority of the Security Council said yay. Russia said yet. And China said, well, we don't want to go so far. So, as stated yesterday on the Lib, the United States needs to stop paying for this bag of huge windbag thing that is the UN 
I mean, you could probably solve some global warming there by just getting them out. Kiev hasn't fallen, surprisingly enough. But make no mistake, the writing's on the wall. Whether or not it could have been avoided, we don't know. Um, President Biden uh, refused to answer a question regarding China and them trying to work through China to to uh, work on Putin, uh, essentially uh, confirming the story that they were trying to do that. So I wonder what Biden thinks about that. You know, because China was his buddies, you know. China's his buddies in that they've lied to us about how they're going to go along with climate change um, while they're building coal-fired plants like nobody's business. Make no, you know, they lied regarding Hong Kong that they would allow Hong Kong to remain as it was, except it's part of China now. So now it actually really is part of China where they've squelched any kind of uh, opposition. Uh, democracy is a thing of the past in Hong Kong, violation of treaty. My guess in Ukraine is that a Russian-friendly government will be put into place that the business assets of many people in the West will be secured and that contracts may be modified uh, to be more favorable to Russia. But heck, the way the president has squelched the oil market, you know, tightened the oil market by, by squashing um, production in the United States, who cares about the business in Ukraine? Russia doesn't care. Sanctions that they're going to put on are going to seem to be tough. Nothing would be tougher than drill, baby, drill, as Sarah Palin once said. How wrong was uh, Obama about that? I mean, completely. Of course, uh, the progs, um, the progressives, are putting a spin out now that it was uh, it's Trump's fault. You know, Trump was so in bed with Putin. Here's the bottom line. Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC contracted with with a lawyer who contacted with an oppo research company who hired Christopher Steele, who did a report based on something that some Russian told him. The Steele dossier, as it became known, was a Russian thing all along. How deep are we in with Russians? Well, don't forget, uh, it was uh, it was um, under Clinton as Secretary of State that twenty percent, at least, of the United States uranium production is now controlled by Russia. Against everyone, Department of Energy, Department of State, except for her, Department of Defense, certainly, everyone said, 
it's really stupid to give your uranium production to Russia. But Hillary got a big uh, chunk of money into her foundation. So yeah, that's all right. Hunter Biden, of course, is, um, you know, the Bidens have, have uh, finagled a deal where where a good chunk of rare earth metal production in the United States is now owned by China. How about that? China loves the fact that we want to go green and we want to have solar panels and and windmills and, and such because guess to whom we're going to have to beg to get the materials? China. All the while, the Biden's pocketing millions of dollars. This has already been documented. Um, the fact that the main news, main uh, Stream media chose not to run the stories, does not reduce the truthfulness of them. And then we have a nominee to the Supreme Court. A black woman, somebody who believes the Constitution is somewhat elastic and racist, of course, Interesting that President uh, Biden, who's the first nominated, the first black woman in the Supreme Court, also was the chairman of the committee, or rather was the ranking member of the committee, and went and told President uh, W. Bush that if he nominated Janice Rogers Brown, who was on the D.C. Court of Appeals, to the Supreme Court that he was going to filibuster. So Bush never nominated a black woman to the Supreme Court with the retirement of Sandra Day O'Connor because he was told that that nomination wouldn't see the light of day by none other than Senator, then-Senator Joe Biden. And we know about the high-tech lynching, of course, of Clarence Thomas at the hands of Joe Biden as well, as chairman of the, of the Judiciary Committee. They had hoped that he would just withdraw his nomination and go away. I mean, after all, it worked for Bork. Let me explain the Constitution to you in no uncertain terms. Progs, progressives, believe that the Constitution is a living, breathing document. Joe Biden has said so himself, that he feels like the Constitution changes based on how the courts interpret it. So let me ask this question. If the Constitution is as flexible as the progs seem to think, why is there an amendment process? You see, the founders, in their wisdom, felt like to change the Constitution, a four-page document before the Bill of Rights, hang on just a second, and we're back, sorry about that, I was hoping to get this done before that happened, I had to go take care of something, and I'm right back here at the Lib.
the founders felt like if we were going to change this document that limits government, maximizes freedom, don't give me the slavery crap, okay? How many times do we have to talk about it? I know, you're probably saying, oh, he's going to say that, and guess what? I did. But I can't help saying it enough. It's too important to point out that, yes, to get the Constitution ratified, slavery could not be outlawed. That doesn't mean that they they didn't understand that. They uh, stopped the importation of slaves. Ultimately, a war was fought over it. But I digress. Founders realized that if you're going to change that, that document, that you needed to have a broad consensus to do that. That broad consensus included a choice of two-thirds of the House of Representatives, which represents the people, the population, two-thirds of the Senate, which represents the state legislatures. And then, if it passes both those hurdles, it goes out to the states to be ratified. And it requires three-fourths of the states to ratify it. Today, that number would be 38. That's one manner of doing it. There is another manner, because, by the way, nothing is going to pass through that way in the foreseeable future. You're not going to get two-thirds of consensus in Congress on anything, unless, as some people are predicting, a cataclysmic event for the Democrats this fall. I'm not predicting that, at least not yet. is for the states, two-thirds of the states, which that number would be 34 today, can call for a convention of states to consider specific uh, amendments to the Constitution. Now, that's where uh, it gets hazy. The Convention of States, conventionofstates.com, Strongly encourage you to go there. Strongly encourage you, by the way, if your state has not passed it, that they that you write your state legislatures, legislators, and ask them to do that. You can find out where what status your state is in. Mine is currently commit, uh, considering it. It nearly passed last year, um, but they are halfway at 17 to the 34 necessary. Some people think that you can only consider those amendments specified in the resolutions. Me, I'd say, you know, I would do this to encourage the blue states to get involved too. Say, this is your this is your shot to eliminate the Second Amendment. This is your shot to eliminate habeas corpus, which you know they want to do, just like Abraham Lincoln did during a time of, of extreme crisis and war. Wanted to make sure we were bipartisan on that. They all gather together, and they they d- 
debate, discuss, ultimately vote on amendments. And then those amendments go out to the states. And you're back to the three quarters or 38 states that have to ratify any or all of those amendments that come out of the convention. That's why I'm not afraid of of a convention throwing all sorts of stuff out there. We're so divided right now in this nation politically. Frankly, I'm surprised that we're still a nation. Um, but I don't think there's any chance of uh, getting all representatives, all 50 states in the room, and passing a, a resolution, um, an amendment, eliminating the Electoral College or the Second Amendment though they would love to. I don't see that happening. That's how you change the Constitution. Yes, the Constitution is a living document that dictates, in black and white, what government cannot do. Most people would uh, say that strict reading of the Constitution by by... Um, anyone with a basic civics education would see that probably 98% of the federal government is unconstitutional. And yes, I'm being serious when I say that. So many things federal government does that are specifically in the Bill of Rights delegated to the states, and yet Supreme Courts and others have ruled otherwise over the last century. Again, the Supreme Court tried in the 30s to peel back the administrative state. They were threatened by FDR to essentially dilute their authority by adding justices politically. But here's the thing, because we've been suffering from this BS since Marbury versus Madison, which was when Thomas Jefferson took over from John Adams. Supreme Court delegated itself authority to make these kind of rulings. That's something I'd like to see rolled back. Anyway, that's it's shorter than it has been. Mind your business. It's the lid.